The holidays are coming. And there's two kinds of people when it comes to the holidays. Uh, there are the extroverts, which are just so pumped to get together with all the people and have the fun and all the things. And then there's the introverts that are like, God, can I do this another year? All right, but there's two, there, there, so actually there's two kinds of chaos. I wanna talk about two kinds of chaos, right? Uh, when we do the holidays, it's the, it kind of is chaotic, but really what it is, is just a whole lot of fun, right? Often you get together, you guys that came from big families, you can remember, or maybe you've had times where you come together with a bunch of friends and you got kids running around all over the place and, and everyone's uh, having conversation and there's a lot of like encouragement and then there's a lot of like talking through hard things, but there's all these kinds of back and forth experiences Experiences that we get to have whenever we walk through uh, the, the holidays. And so we get to deepen relationships. We get to sometimes celebrate victories. We get to have consolation for those that have gone through a hard time. And when all the people are all together doing that, it can feel a little chaotic, but it's not really chaos because everyone's loving it. We're loving the sharing of our hearts. We're loving the sharing of our experiences and the sharing of uh, memories that we have in all of the things. Those, that's awesome. So there's that kind of chaos, but then there is a chaos that we all know and, and no one likes, right? It's that, it's that confusion or whatever that happens like when you're at the airport and nothing's right and they've lost your bag and no one knows what's going on, right? And that kind of chaos that ensues and it's frustrating or maybe you've been a part of an organization and they're trying to do things, but the leadership hasn't communicated well and it just things, seems like things are super off kilter and you're just, and you go home and you're just like, when, you know, when your significant other says, hey, how was your day? And it's like, it was just chaos. I'm just trying to make it through the day, trying to get through. It's unpleasant. It's confusing. Nobody enjoys that kind of chaos. No one enjoys being in environments where there isn't something thoughtful taking place, where there's no direction. And it feels like it's kind of like every man for himself. That's the battle that the church is facing in this moment. Paul by the Holy Spirit, wants to be able to bring some understanding. See, the church is growing and people are coming into this family and they're finding life. For, for the first time in their lives, they're finding life. And then they're discovering that not only is there this new life, but there's new power that comes from this supernatural God to be able to operate in. And they're trying to understand how to use it, and they're struggling through it. And so the, Paul, uh, the, the Apostle Paul wants to bring some clarity and understanding and truth to this kind of chaos that's happening as the church isn't doing the gift very well and they're trying to just muddle through it and we've all been in that moment. We've all even had times in our lives where we've had a lot going on and we're trying to navigate our way through it, trying to figure out what's happening, but it doesn't feel really natural. And so Paul's trying to bring understanding. Why? Because here, God loves to bring life and leadership to chaos. This is what God does. God looks and he's ready to bring his radical peace, power, and leadership to whatever moment of chaos. In fact, you might feel like you're in a place of chaos right now, like just even upheaval in your life. God loves to come into that. And that's why the Holy Spirit's highlighting this in this moment. He wants to come and bring life to the church. 
He wants to bring leadership to the church and say, you don't have to be afraid of my power. I wanna give you clarity on how to walk in it. So that's what's happening in this moment. So as we talked about over the last couple of weeks, we were in chapter 12 and we discovered that God's giving all kinds of different kinds of gifts and he's given it to different kinds of people with different kinds of personalities. And it's weaving this incredible tapestry, right? This beautiful tapestry that God is creating in the church. And as he's pulling us together, and even as I look at the people in this room and all the gifts here. It's this incredible picture of who God is that all together, when we come together and all the gifts and personalities and ways in which God's designed us, it all is showing us greater glimpses of who God is, right? And he's doing this and he says this in, in, in chapter 12, that when you work like this in concert, when you bring your thing and you don't envy the guy or the girl that has that gift, but you just go, hey, God, how have you wired me if I could just bring my thing? Because let's just be honest. How horrible would the church be if we were just all like one of us? I mean, honestly, how boring would it be? We'd show up here and we'd all kind of have the same thoughts and, and kind of get on our day. How awesome is it when we come in here and we're all different? And you bring what you bring that no one else can bring. And who God's spirit is in you is unique and powerful to bring life to this church. So everyone, so this is what he's putting together. It's what Paul's making, uh, he's kind of championing for is that that's something powerful happens when the people of God bring their gifts open-handed and we don't envy one another, but we just bring what we have and it moves the church forward. Why? Because as we said last week in chapter 13, the whole point of these gifts that God is giving by this spirit is to love each other well. That's the whole point. It, in fact, if we don't love people well, you can have the most significant gifts that are literally, what Paul says, you can move mountains. But if you aren't loving people, it's empty. It doesn't mean anything. God wants his gifts in us to mean something to this church, to the world outside of us. And so that's what he's doing. And so there's something unique that happens when we come together to bring our gifts. Because hear this, these gifts, they're not just natural abilities that we conjure up. Hear this, they're being given to you by the king of the universe who lives in you. They're being, they're being oh, uh, you're being filled with who he is and his giftedness. It's not ours, it's his. And so he says, listen, I want you to come together because I have things that I want to give to you. These gifts, they're not, they're not something that you conjure up, right? They're different. They don't originate with our ideas. They don't originate out of our abilities. They don't originate from any other place except for the spirit of God that he wants to give to us for everyone that's willing to open their hands to it. They're beyond us. And as this text is gonna show this, when these gifts are used for connecting us with our creator, then they change people's lives. This is the point, is to have our lives changed. In fact, I would just encourage you, let's not have one Sunday where we come together. Let's not have one of our groups, the many groups that we have in our church where we come together and not ask for God to change us. Not ask for God to just move us down the road. And, and to change and transform us, right? Because when those gifts are in operation, they bring flourishing. When we come open-handed, ready to receive and ready to give, they bring flourishing, they bring, bring life wherever they're shared. 
in many ways, they create new hope and new life. It's what we often need. How, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you have found yourself in a place where you just, you need to be built up? You just, you had the week of weeks and you come in needing to be built up. That's the point of these beautiful gifts. And so there's a catch. This is the catch with these gifts. That when the gifts aren't done with humility and they're not done with a heart of love, they can be used to create chaos. So this is what actually the Holy Spirit's trying to say is if we get these gifts, but we don't do it with humility and we don't do it with love, then it gets a little bit chaotic. And I wanna just try to help you navigate through this chaos because it's kind of unfortunate, let's just be honest, that the understanding of these gifts that we just read about, depending on what your church history is, it feels a little bit out there. Uh, what we have seen of tongues or what we have seen of prophecy, uh, they can be some really weird experiences uh, that you can often see. And often the church is left without power. It's left without vision. It's left without new and fresh hope because rather than being able to do these with humility and love, there was a bunch of chaos and in many ways, depending on where you came from, right, chaos was the thing that was kind of celebrated, right? Especially all my Pentecostal brothers and sisters in here, all right? You're like, hey, Jesus didn't come unless there was some chaos, all right, you know? And Paul's saying, hey, these gifts aren't meant for chaos. These gifts are being given to you to build this church up. But you're gonna come away encouraged. You're gonna come away challenged. You're gonna come away called into something powerful. And by the way, you're not gonna just come away with all those things. You also get to participate in that. So here's what he's gonna to say to the church. Listen, God did not give us his gifts for chaos. He gave them to us for connection. God didn't give us his gifts for chaos. He gave us his gifts for connection. And so he wants to, to kind of open up these two particular gifts in a unique way. Tongues and prophecy. These are the two of all the gifts that he wants to unpack. And we got to read about a whole bunch of them in chapter 12. And we got to talk about using those gifts in a loving way. But then in chapter 14, what he does is he just says, there are these two gifts. So the question is, why tongues and prophecy? Why are these the two gifts that you're gonna highlight of all these, I mean, think about all the gifts that there are that the Spirit grants to each one of us. Why are you gonna highlight these two? And the point that he's going to try to get to us is because these are the two that foster connection with God. If you think about it, just to boil it down in very simple terms, what he says is tongues is that connection that we have with God. And he says, where we get to talk to him, literally, we get to say things to him. We'll unpack what that is in just a moment. But prophecy is where we get to hear from him. So there's this two-way thing going. I want you to think about this. We serve the God of the universe who, not, who didn't just create and stay at a distance, but he came into our mess. And he came relationally. He came to show us what he's like and he came and he spoke to us and he revealed who he is and he gave us all that he is and then he went to the cross and into the grave and out alive and he rightly went and sat on the throne and then he sent his Holy Spirit and said, I'm not leaving you alone, but I want to talk to you. 
I want to communicate with you. I want to be with you. I want to lead you. In fact, we'll see all throughout the scripture, God saying, walk with me, stay in step with my spirit is what he says to the Ephesian church. And so there's this call for us to walk and be in this nearness of relationship with him. And if you think about all the other, if you will, all the other uh, religious systems across the earth, they're all saying you got to get enlightenment if you want to get to God, or you got to have moral superiority if you want to get to God. Our God says, I'm coming to you because I want to be among you and communicate with you. I want to talk to you. So that he gave us tongues and prophecy because there's this this high desire that God has to be with us, to commune, to speak, to breathe life, to breathe his truth. And so this is what God did. He's still speaking. God is speaking. And he's looking now for just hungry hearts that are willing to listen. God's speaking. He's looking for hungry hearts. And we feel so thankful. The only way we know he's actually speaking is because of the definitive authoritative word of God in our lives and the word of God saying, this king is speaking to us. And so here's what he says in verse four. It says, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. What Paul's saying here is God wants connection. You want your spirit? I want your spirit built up in communication with me. And I want my church built up together. That's what he's looking for with you and with each other. That's the point. And so let's just unpack these very quickly and then we'll, we'll finish out this morning. Listen, what's, what is tongues? The gift of tongues is just meant to connect your spirit to God in a way that you can't manufacture on your own. That's simply what this is. And this is the... What, what Paul or what the Holy Spirit will say about this precious gift that he's giving to the church. It's this chance to utter mysteries or to say things to God that you can't say with your finite brain. It's, it's that simple. That is the simplicity of this beautiful gift. Um, how many of you, well, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you have ever had a moment where you feel like you had, you There was something going on inside of you and you had words to say, but you felt like words would fail you. There was something that was going on inside. You wanted to try to communicate, uh, but you you didn't have enough words to be able to say it. I remember... uh, just the, the power, one, one of the, the things that my wife and I always love to remember is those times where our children were born. And, and I remember, I can go to literally each one of those moments where there was something powerful. My, my first born son, my, my, my oldest, when he was born, I, I, he was, he was it, it was this most unbelievable thing. And, and he was born 10 pounds. <laughs> and I'm just like, so I'm like welling up and I have no idea why weight has anything to do with anything for a dad. But I'm just like, and I just, so, I mean, so there's this moment going on. My, my wife, I just went from, I love my wife to my, my wife's a superhero. Okay. And then, and also I'm just like, there's something going on inside of me. And so I find I'm walking, everybody's in the waiting room and I walk down the hall and I'm just like, 10 pounds. And I'm jump, jumping up and down like Rocky Balboa, 
10 pounds, and that's all I can say is 10 pounds. I mean, I can't say, I, I, don't, I can't communicate the love for my wife or my kid or any of these things. Like I'm, I'm just falling short of words, but there's something inside of me going, there's something better than, I, but all I can say is 10 pounds. And, and <laughs> we've all had moments or experiences where there's something inside of you that you want to be able to say, but words fail you. And God just wants to make a way to go past the brain and just say, I so love you. Uh, I got, there's mysteries. It, the, the, the way he put it is, there are mysteries about the nature of your relationship with God that are beautiful and unique to you. And there's this sweet gift he wants to give just to be able to go. And listen, I wish we had more time to get into, in fact, I'll probably end up with way more questions at the end of this than answers at the end of this message, but there's this powerful gift that God wants to say, you don't have to be stuck saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, because there's more that God wants to be able to say. And he might give it to you in a human language. It might be a heavenly, as we learned from 1 Corinthians 12, there's human tongues where we just, all of a sudden you're speaking in a total known language. It's not known to you. And then there's ones that are from heaven. It's called tongues of angels that it doesn't exist on this earth. All of it is meant just to say, there's a God who's so connected with you. It's actually not stifled by what you think you can understand. That's how deep your connection with the God of the universe is actually meant to be. And God, by the way, if you've never spoken in tongues, that doesn't change that you have that with the Lord. You don't actually have to have, that's the kind of connection that he has with you. So this is simply a gift that he's giving away to his church. That's why Paul's talking about it, because God likes talking to you. It's just really that simple. And he just wants to keep going to new levels with you. And so he gives that, I, I'm so thankful for this instruction, even with respect to uh, uh, the, the interpretation of the tongues, because it's so powerful. And I've got, we've gotten to sit down, I've gotten to sit down with friends before and talk through some of the most incredible testimonies I've ever heard. I, I remember one where it just, there was a woman testifying. She was in a foreign age, I believe it was in India with a unique dialect. She's ministering there and, and sharing the word of God. And then at the end, she's got an interpreter at the end. But at the end of that time there, after she's done preaching in English and she's got an interpreter that's interpreting the message, at the end, she just prays out in a tongue. A tongue that God had granted to her as a gift. She prays out in that tongue. And she's walking off the platform and the interpreter walks over to her and says, when did you learn our language? He's totally stunned. He's like, when did you learn our language? And she says, I don't, what do you mean learn your, I don't know your language. And he said, what you just prayed was exactly, this is the language of our people. Wow. And, it, it just, and she was floored by it. And the people were encouraged and built up. This is the point of why God does these things. It sounds maybe a little crazy, maybe a little weird, but I'm just, God, would, would you just do a little bit of that with us? You know, I just want to hunger for more. Even if it's a little like outside of our American box. In fact, a lot outside of our American box. And I'm willing to even preach through these things because this is not like, you know, 101 for good sermons. Um, I'm just being honest. Just, I didn't go to seminary, so maybe this is a win. 
Just, they don't tell you to do this. I think in preacher school. It's not a gift. It's not a gift to show off or flaunt. And I do just want to say, I just want to make an apology to, to you if you've been in environments where the gift of tongues was used as kind of like, a, let me show you how spiritual I am. It just is so painful to the heart of God. It's the exact opposite of what he's trying to accomplish. He just loves this communication with his people. And so that's what he wants with you. That's why he would give you this gift. And he said, listen, when I give you this gift, don't please, don't confuse people. Don't do this Mm -hmm. in a way that's confusing for the love. Don't. Verse 23, if therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say to you that you're out of your minds? Right? So he's saying, let's not do that. Let's do this in a way that's meaningful. If we're going to have a tongue, then let's have an opportunity to wait and receive an interpretation. I've seen this done very well and very beautifully. And honestly, some of the most beautiful contexts are when we come together in small groups together to pray for each other. And I've just seen this done so well. And so I'm thankful for that. But of course, we remember it. If you remember at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is first given to the church and the tongues of fire come, Right, And then they all begin to speak in other languages. And then some outsiders hear, I mean, there's a wind and it's like the room's rattling and they're speaking in tongues. And there's outsiders come into the room and they're going, what is going on? They're all speaking in my language. Like, how does that guy know my language? And they're absolutely floored. And then they literally go, are they drunk? Which might be a good way to get people into your church. I don't know. I was like, hey, this church is all about that. <laughs> Jesus is saying here by his spirit, let's not do that. Let's care for people well. But let's, let's not be afraid of a gift that was given to us to be able to open up new lines of communication. And we don't have to try to manufacture it or create it. We just get to open our hands and say, Lord, if that's something you want to grant, I just don't want to be afraid of what you want to do in my life. In fact, I think that's the point of all these beautiful gifts. It's just to say, I don't want to be afraid of what you want to do. And we'll finish with a prophecy. Because uh, when we come together, what God does want to see is a prophetic gift in play. What is that? What he says in verse three, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. And that's not wrong or bad, but the one who prophesy is building up the church. Now, I want you to all speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. For the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, not as in more important, but this gift in action in a corporate setting. So he's not trying to create tears of like how cool you are. He's just simply saying when we come together in a corporate setting, this is more of of higher value as a gift. And so unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So New Testament prophecy is hearing God's heart for someone and sharing it to strengthen, to edify, to encourage, and to build up their faith. That's the point. This is, the, this is what God is granting to us, is to be a people who hear his heart for other people and to bring life and bring encouragement and to build up wherever we might be able to. And so verse 12, so with yourselves, since you're eager for the manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up 
the church. This is the aim. And so uh, just for clarity, New Testament prophecy is not like Old Test- the Old Testament prophets. So the Old Testament prophets got to say, uh, they were the ones who were the mouthpiece of God and they got to say, thus saith the Lord. This is what God is saying to the nation or to the people or to the group or to you. This is God's definitive word and declaration. So God uses, uses those very specific prophets to use to speak his definitive words. But now with the Holy Spirit, that has been granted and given to all who call on the name of Jesus, we have access to hearing the voice of God. But we no longer stand to speak the authoritative word of God that was granted to us through the apostles and prophets, as he talked about it in chapter 14 here. Uh, in fact, he'll go on to talk about uh, a couple of other things, uh, which we don't have to t- time to go in, uh, time to go into. But what he wants to say is, no one's standing and speaking on the biblical authority level. God has granted to, through the apostles to give us His definitive written word. That is the authoritative word over our lives. We love the scriptures here. We love the Bible. The Bible is authoritative. But from His heart and in accordance with the scriptures, God has all kinds of encouragement that. He he wants to grant to his church. He wants to speak words of life and blessing and encouragement. He wants you built up. He wants me built up. He wants us to be able to share with one another. And so we don't have any longer the, the ability to say, thus saith the Lord. But what we do have are downloads from the Holy Spirit to be able to give away to build people up. First Corinthians 13, if you'll remember when we read it last week, says, for we know in part, therefore we prophesy in part. So what he's saying is we are able to come and share the heart of God, but no one gets to stand in a place of authority and say, hey, you have to do this or else. Okay, and unfortunately, you know uh, that is many one of the many ways in which this gift that's being given can be uh, taken advantage of. But it's this gift is meant to bring life to the body. And so, what does prophecy, or what does New Testament prophecy, or this gift look like? It can manifest in so many different ways, and we could never go through all of those things. But it can be a picture that you receive to be able to share. Uh, some of you, uh, some of you have, um, can have vivid visions or pictures that come into your mind and it's not just a cool creativity. It's from the Holy spirit to be able to share and to give so we can give pictures. There's prophetic, uh, insights that we can have through dreams. That's one of the acts chapter two. It says in the last days, I'll pour up my spirit in all flesh and you, you'll, You'll prophesy, you'll dream dreams and be able to share. Doesn't mean like every dream doesn't, you know, so just sometimes you could just eat weird things at night and it doesn't need to be shared. But, <laughs> but many times the Lord has something specific he wants to say. And, 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 and I would say, you know, um, we've been very encouraged and been, and been very built up by some of that in our, even in our home. Uh, scripture, the perfectly timed scripture, a, a, a word of God, the scripture dropped to you to be able to share in a moment that's so meaningful for someone, right? That's a perfect, that's the Holy Spirit going, hey, I know this thing, this truth, and I just want to give it to you here to be able to give away. It can be a word of encouragement just at the right time. Here's what I just see, and here's what I believe God says about you. This is, I just think God wants to encourage you with that is true about who you are. It can be a word or a revelation, a supernatural insight into 
something that someone's going through. They might be going through a struggle. I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't think there's anything more encouraging than when you're going through a struggle and someone has a revelation or insight that you're also kind of wrestling and they have say, hey, God sees you and he's with you in this thing. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, we can do this. God sees me and knows me. That's the point, right? The point of these gifts, this gift of prophecy is to be able to say, God is with you and he sees you. You're not alone. And that there are brothers and sisters to walk with you. If you've ever been in that place where you're wondering, you're not sure what to do next. And it's just so powerful and encouraging when you've got brothers and sisters who see with you and hear with you what God is doing. And so listen, we don't, Again, I want to be clear. No one gets to come in and say, thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to move to Antarctica and open up a church for penguins and scientists. Or I mean, the only people that are down there. I mean, you know, like, it just, that's not how the gift works. That's not what God does. That's not, that's not what he's trying to accomplish with that, right? Or I think you're supposed to marry this person because I think they're kind of cute. And that's what, like, that just is... That's not the point. But I remember, and I'll, I'll just finish with it. And then I'll, let me finish with this story and then I'm gonna have the team come up. But, but even when we were asking about whether or not we're supposed to come here, our whole lives were in West Texas. For better or for worse, that's where it was. And we were there for many years. We were at a church for 13 years. I grew up in West Texas. My wife and I had been... 13 years in a place, all of our children had been born there. Our families were within just a couple of hours from us uh, in each direction to be able to get there. And we were just wondering, God, are you, are you really asking us to move all the way to Tennessee to uproot our whole lives and move away from all that we've ever known? We're at a life-giving, faithful, Jesus-loving, spirit-led church and experiencing incredible favor. But God said... I have something else for you. And so we're walking, you know, with a little bit of joy and trembling toward this journey. And I remember one Sunday, um, there was an old guy there. He had a beard, just white beard down to here. It's basically just Santa Claus. Um, sweet dude. And, um, and honestly, he just was a little bit different personality than me. I don't know what I mean. He was a little bit of a different guy, but he just loved Jesus so much. He had lost his wife to cancer two years before. But he just was so faithfully. So he just, after service, no one knows that we're thinking about this. We haven't shared this with our staff. Only our elders at our church had been journeying with us about praying with us into this. And this gentleman comes up and he just grabs us kind of out of nowhere. And there were several things he shared and I would love to go into all of them, but the thing that hit me the most, he said, well, I just had this picture and what I saw was you, like Abraham, up, uprooting yourself and going to a place and depositing and, and putting tents down and that just there were, there were tents and they were multiplying out. And in a moment when we were asking, God, are we supposed to uproot our whole lives and go to a place we've never known before? We have a gentleman that comes up and says, hey, God sees you. He wasn't saying, thus saith the Lord. He didn't even know we were thinking about it. He just said, I got a picture. It's like Abraham, you were up and you were out and then planting. We just needed that in that moment. It was just important to have this is what we're supposed to be for each other. 
not acting strange or crazy or weird, just saying, I want to listen for you and I want you to listen for me and I want us to hug and encourage each other. And that might be a little bit like, I don't know, kindergarten-ish, but I just want it all for all of us, like to love each other and walk this way together. This is the point of this. So I'll have our team come up. So here's the question. Well, one, let me just say, if you've seen prophecy done poorly, let me just apologize to you also. If you've seen someone or if you've seen people in the church that were manipulated because of a false way of using this gift, I'm sorry. I want to apologize, ask your forgiveness on behalf of the global church for ways that this wasn't done well. Um, ironically, Paul says, listen, this stuff can be a little bit chaotic if it's not done well, but I don't want you to forbid any of it. Don't forbid it. Don't forbid doing it. Just love Jesus and do it well. And so I I, want to just, if you're asking the question, listen, I would love to say we have all these training and equippings. The truth is we're just a small church right now. We're just trying to get there. And so... I would, I would love to do big trainings and equippings on all of this. And there's so much more to teach and there's so much more power that he has to give. I think my heart cries this, that we just go away hungry today to be more open. You, it doesn't have to be tongues. It doesn't have to be prophecy, but just a hunger in us. If you're, if you're wanting to grow in the gifts of the spirit or just saying, God, I don't want to live powerless life. I don't want to do powerless Christianity. That's just like showing up to church and checking off the box and not finding any life. If that's you, you, I want a, a couple things. One, would you just ask God for it? In fact, we're just gonna sing and, and ask the Lord to do that here. And just ask for God's presence. Um, but two, if you wanna grow in your understanding, there are a couple of books. And I, in fact, I'll, I'll, I can send these out to you email, but there's a couple of books that, uh, Beginner's Guide to Prophecy uh, by, by Jack Deere. Um, a great book a great uh, resource for you. And then that, that's kind of like, I'm sorry, go back to that other one real quick. Uh, this is a great one. This is a great way. If you're just learn, learning, wanting to learn how to do it well, this is a great one. And then if you want to understand the theology, like you're going like, I grew up in Conservativeville and, uh, and what you're saying feels really scary to me. I just want to understand theologically how this works. This is a great gift of prophecy by Wayne Grudem. So uh, if you want those, you just come up after me. I'll give you all the books so, or I'll give you the, the addresses for all that stuff. Here, listen, if you're just going, I don't want either one of these. All right, just being honest, pastor, I love you, but I ain't sure, okay? Got good news. Here, I wanna go back to the very first verse that, that, that Paul says, he says, pursue love and earnestly desire gifts. So here's what he's gonna say. The pursuit of your life is not the gift. The pursuit of your life is the love of God. If you'll just say, I wanna love Jesus more. I just wanna love Jesus. I wanna be with Jesus. I wanna grow like Jesus. I wanna treasure Jesus. I wanna hunger for him and love him and love people. God will take care of the gift stuff. You don't have to worry about it, okay? Because we can desire that God would grant his gifts here. In fact, we will be a church that desires that and we wanna grow in that. But the pursuit of our lives is the presence of God. Jesus, high and lifted up our great treasure. You guys stand with me. We're just going to ask, and we're going to go a couple minutes over. I'm cool. So you guys online, if we go, I know it's a long time to be on Facebook, but um, we're just going to sing and pray God's prayer. Just make this your prayer. We're going to sing this, but make it your prayer. And then we'll finish out and, and, and we'll, we'll be together. We'll, we'll finish this. All right, let's worship.